It was the most beautiful place I had ever seen. The trees were numerous, and the birds filled the air with the sweet sounds of spring. The aroma of fresh flowers filled the gentle breeze, and the smell of the damp earth consumed my senses. Fruit trees dotted the landscape with an array of colors, while a variety of creatures scampered beneath their limbs. As the sun glistened on the surface of a trickling stream, I couldn't help but feel a great sense of peace, for God's creation was alive before me in all its splendor. It was in this garden of far surpassing beauty that God commenced a relationship with you and I. He created the beautiful Garden of Eden to contain everything humanity would ever need. Clean air, fresh water, healthy plants laden with fruits and vegetables, and animals of every kind. He established rules for living so that we might be faithful to him in all things. He loved us, and we loved him. It was truly perfect. In the midst of such profound beauty, Adam and Eve failed to see who managed to sneak into this perfect place. Lurking amongst them in this eternal bliss was the serpent, the great deceptor, the king of lies, the master of half-truths, He slithered in their midst, and he had them both fooled. He did not come breathing flames of fire, dressed in drab garments, or even sporting that familiar pitchfork. He came under the guise of an innocent one, and he convinced Adam and Eve that his plan was the best. The devil went fishing for the destruction of souls and caught humanity with a subtle lie about God's plan. He convinced these two that being like the divine was what they would accomplish if they only ignored God's original mandate. It wasn't that big of a deal, he made it seem. It was this subtle deception that brought humanity pain, suffering, and death. It was under the guise of the perfect solution that Satan twisted God's beautiful plan and deceived us all. The passion of John commenced with Jesus spending time with his disciples in a garden the Garden of Gethsemane. It was here that Jesus pulled away to spend time with the Twelve before his impending death. He wanted time to pray and to continue his ministry, to form his disciples for the kingdom. It was most likely late when Jesus and his disciples went into the garden. The fog was beginning to settle. Well, there was an eerie feel about the place. The beauty of the moonlight 
casting shadows with the trees, demonstrated the magnificence of the landscape. It was crisp, and the pleasant fragrance of freshly turned earth graced the air. It was in this comforting and wonderful place that Jesus was approached by his friend Judas. Judas, the one who Jesus foretold would betray him. The man who secretly made arrangements to show the religious leaders where Jesus was. Yet as Judas approached Jesus, he came not bearing a sword, He didn't storm in as a warrior. He did not point the finger and yell, there he is. He approached Jesus as a friend. He came in a subtle way, as if out of love. He came forth as if to extend a mere greeting, a beautiful greeting, an innocent greeting. It was through an everyday demonstration of friendship, a common kiss on the cheek, that Judas completed the sly connivance he had already begun. Like the serpent in the garden who came under the guise of doing good, Judas came forth appearing to love and he deceived. It was in this garden that Jesus was betrayed, just as in the Garden of Eden. Once again, man allowed the empty promises of Satan to convince him that there can be something better than God's plan. Judas turned his back on true love for God, and he placed his own selfish motives, his own fear, at the forefront of the situation. Truth was denied in the garden that night. The truth of Jesus Christ was compromised once again because of human selfishness. How many times do we allow the devil to tell us that something is for our own good, even when God says, that we shouldn't do it. How often do we make decisions on behalf of another person claiming to have their best interest in mind when all we are really thinking is, what's in it for me? How many times have we allowed money or the television or sleep to dictate our lives? The scriptures say, The devil is prowling like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Satan wants us to deny God. He wants hatred and selfishness to fill our hearts in a way that looks pleasing and beautiful, but is really deceptive. The devil wants us to abandon God's plan and to think that we are doing good. John tells us that Jesus Christ was laid to rest in a tomb, a new tomb located in a garden. His body had been broken, his blood outpoured, 
There was little human sign that this was truly the one who came to save sinners. He was not working miracles, not preaching in the streets, not multiplying loaves of bread. His earthly ministry had been thwarted by the workings of Satan, and Satan had apparently won. But this beautiful garden, in which Christ appeared to be conquered, is where we place our hope. It is this very garden that Jesus will rise on the third day. It is in this garden that he will cast aside the stone of the tomb and reveal his glorified body. It is from this garden that Christ will overturn the betrayal and cunning that has for so long deceptively characterized this beautiful place. And so we have hope. We must not despair today as Christ hangs on the cross before our eyes. We must not fear that Satan has conquered our Lord. We must not be afraid that the deception of the serpent will rule our lives and our culture. We must have hope that Jesus has truly conquered what Satan falsely promotes as a better path. We must have hope that Jesus is Lord. Let us unite our hearts in prayer this day as we wait in hope for the promises of the resurrection. May we see that Satan's power cannot rule. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Please stand. Let us pray, dearly beloved, for the Holy Church of God, that our God and Lord be pleased to give her peace, to guard her and to unite her throughout the whole world, and grant that leading our life in tranquility and quiet, we may glorify God the Father Almighty. Let us kneel. Let us stand. Almighty, ever-living God, who in Christ revealed your glory to all the nations, watch over the works of your mercy, 
that your church, spread throughout all the world, may persevere with steadfast faith in confessing your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray also for our most holy father, Pope Francis, that our God and Lord who chose him for the order of bishops may keep him safe and unharmed for the Lord's holy church to govern the holy people of God. Let us kneel.